is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Lots to get to in the aftermath of another home loss in front of an energetic, white-clad crowd last night at Canada Life Centre, and the Jets now facing elimination on Thursday night in Sin City, down 3-1 to the Vegas Golden Knights. Lots to get to from last night's game. Uh, another tight one, another one that was won by the Vegas Golden Knights, and another very big, significant injury to a top player on the Winnipeg Jets as Mark Scheifele went down early in the first period and did not return. Um, the team right now just taking off at James Richardson International Airport. Um, we did hear from uh, a couple of players did speak with the media. Mike McIntyre was there. He's going to join us a little later on in the second hour of the program. We'll talk more. We'll get Mike's thoughts, obviously, on the series so far. Last night's game, what the Jets are facing going into Vegas, facing elimination and more, as well as what he heard from uh, the Winnipeg Jets and the head coach Rick Bonus before the team left to Vegas today. We will also talk about the series, the goaltending battle, and much more with Trevor Kidd coming up in a few minutes on the program today. But uh, lots to get to on the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I do want to first off just quickly give a little bit of uh, positive news to local hockey fans. Shout out to the Winnipeg Ice. Top series with Moose Jaw. Had to win that game four in overtime to avoid going down 3-1. They never looked back and steamrolled the Warriors last night 8-2 to win their series. Game or uh, Round three begins on Friday night here at the Ice Cave. And, of course, the Manitoba Moose playoffs are going to get going as well on Friday. Although, as we're going to talk about shortly, I'm not sure... <clears throat> Who's going to be left to play goal? Because both Arvid Holm and our scary Salmanen are on the flight with the Winnipeg Jets, who are bringing four goaltenders to Vegas, which is interesting, especially considering that, you know, the Moose have a playoff game here in Winnipeg to kick off their Calder Cup run on Friday night. So we'll have some more clarity on that a little bit later on. Mike McIntyre will join us, and we'll certainly get ready for ice and Moose playoff games on the weekend in the coming days. But, uh, the focus is on trying to stay alive for the Winnipeg Jets. They head to Las Vegas. We'll break down game four in just a minute with Michael Remus. Before we do that, I want to thank the sponsors that make this program happen each and every day. And, of course, all of you for joining us day in and day out here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Of course, our friends at Cool Bet Canada, Princess Auto, Consolidated Supply, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, Breezy Bend, Aikens Lake, Little Brown Jug, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, F Apparel, Wallace & Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech, and Modern Man Barbershops. Uh, he, too, was in the building last night, in the seats as I was, and uh, experienced another sad walk out of Canada Life Centre after a playoff loss for the Winnipeg Jets. Let's bring in Michael Remus. Michael, what's up? How are you? And... Uh, how was your night last night? I had a great, um, you know, the result of the game, not what you wanted to see. But as far as in-game experience, um, you know, the whiteout is something else. Else, I think everyone's got to be there. Uh, the the crowd leading up to it, I mean, absolutely incredible. The countdown before they come on, and I also love the graphics, the shots of everyone outside. Shout out to people who are outside 
last night watching that Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I, I wasn't like the coldest, like, you know, but still not not comfortable. I, I don't, at least I wouldn't think so. But, um, you know, they, they have all the graphic, the white out graphics and stuff. Love that. However, I mean, when another all star player injured like two minutes into the game, just, I mean, what do you do? What do you do? I mean, it's a great chance. Goes from a possible up one nothing to Mark Shrafley, uh leaves the game and doesn't come back. And two games in a row for that to happen. Um, that just sucks uh, for the Jets. And credit to them for battling all the way to the end and, um, you know, almost tying it and, you know, having, you know, coming close, but not quite uh, winning. So, you know, disappointing result. But um, I've talked to some people who hate, said this playoff atmosphere here is uh, incredible, but it's too bad the Jets at home in the whiteout in front of fans has lately hasn't been able to get too many W's. Well, hasn't been able to get a W. I mean, the last time this team won in front of fans at Canada Life Center was game one of the Western Conference Final in 2018. Um, Ofer in the 2019 series against St. Louis. Um, you know, Ofer even in the games with 500 fans against the Montreal Canadiens. I guess that, no, I don't think there were any fans for the Oilers series where they swept. Um, and then, you know, of course... 0 for 2 uh, in these last couple games. And you know, to do that after getting the split and playing as well as they did to begin the series, um, really disappointing. And listen, we're going to not throw this all on the injuries because injuries do happen at this point of the season. You really do have to figure out and find a way through it. Um, but man, they're coming hot and heavy. I mean, the loss of Nikolai Ehlers was, you know, was a major issue coming into game number one when he wasn't able to play. We haven't seen him since. And then to lose Josh Morrissey on the blue line. I, listen, I thought the defenseman stepped up big time last night. I mean, especially that top four of Dylan, Nate Schmidt, Brendan Dillon, uh, Dylan DeMello, and Neil Pionk played big, big minutes and, you know, certainly did their best. Uh, but that's an undermanned Winnipeg Jets team that I think even at full strength, absolutely has their hand full, hands full against one of the best teams in the NHL. And it really does seem like since that second in, or the first intermission of game number two, where the Jets had played arguably their best period, even better than that game in game number one, that Vegas got back to their game and has really taken control of the five-on-five five game, Remo. And, um, you know, as we saw last night, and again, depleted offensive firepower, but, you know, still some of their top players, Kyle Connor, Pierre-Luc Dubois out there getting big ice time, just not able to generate those high-quality scoring chances and, frankly, being pushed to the perimeter. And that is a trademark of Vegas Golden Knights hockey, and that is also something that Winni- Winnipeg Jets have been struggling offensively they tend to get pushed into. And uh, listen, they got that goal early in the third to make it 3-2, to two, but Vegas did a heck of a good job at uh, making Laurent Brassois' job as, uh, as easy as possible through the final 15 minutes or so of the game. And listen, there were a few nervous moments. The Jets certainly didn't quit. I'll give them credit for that. But once again, um, you know, a tough loss at home. And, you know, I uh, I tweeted this last night. I mean, there's a lot of scar tissue on a lot of fans that have been in the stands over and over again for, you know, these disappointing home games. And I have no theory for it. I'm not sure why the team has been much better on the road and hasn't been able to take advantage of one of the great environments in all of sports. But that is where we're at. That's what happened in these two games this series. And uh, 
Unfortunately, if the Jets can't find a way to somehow win game number five, that is going to be it. And, you know, we'll be talking about this futility in front of the home fans in the offseason, throughout the regular season, until the Jets get another chance to win a hockey game in front of the whiteout. It is interesting because you look at their regular season uh, wins at home, and it was among the best in the league. And I don't think uh, the fans have changed. And I do want to say, I can't believe I have to address this, but I've seen the most ridiculous take that I've seen in the chat. And I've seen a couple people say that, oh, we got to change the whiteout. The Jets don't win. Like, please stop. If you were at the game and experienced that atmosphere, you would absolutely not say that. And what? So they're going to wear blue and it's going to be the exact same thing, but blue, like, <laughs> like stop. I don't even, I don't even want to see that. Anyone suggests that it's the most ridiculous take. I do agree though that, I mean, the, any, the Jets should get a special status to wear their white jerseys at home in the playoffs. Like it, that's not why they lost, but I think it would be great if they wore white at home in the playoffs. But to say that's why they can't win um, is that's an L take. For me, and yeah, I, I can't believe I have they... to. We have to address that. <clears throat> yeah, I, I can't. I, mean, I, I can't believe that. It has nothing to do with their play on the ice. Um, no, I don't know. No, like, no. I don't know why. No, but but I'll say this: that atmosphere should be a huge, huge boost to the home team. And I'm sure people have theories. I mean, I'm not sure that you know, with all that energy and excitement, it you know puts more pressure on players, and they're not able to play their best. I put it this way: I think it has absolutely nothing to do with any of that. And you know, unfortunately, the Winnipeg Jets just haven't played well enough in these home games, or got breaks or had their guys out. I mean, you can go down the long laundry list. There's a lot of games we're talking about. But it really doesn't make any sense. And, you know, Reem, this is not actually anything new. I, I, I did a tweet last night. I should, I should get this up because this number, and I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of people like myself that, you know, went out afterwards and sort of, you know, just tried to put it all together, what we just watched. There was a graphic the TSN throwed up uh, threw up on uh, on Sports Center last night that talked about the worst playoff home winning percentage in the National Hockey League for active NHL franchises and I hate to say it and this is not news to any of you who like me have been in the stands for pretty much all of these games but the Jets have the worst home winning percentage in the playoffs in the entire National Hockey League 24 games at home and seven wins. Does a that include percentage at Atlanta? Of 292. I mean, does that, do we count bubble games for that? Like, should we count bubble games? Like, were those really home games? Um, well, With no fans. Let's think about this. We're talking about four games, two games in uh, Edmonton. Two, two, no, no, two games against Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and two. Uh, I believe they won all three in the Minnesota series in 2018. They lost two of three at home against the Nashville Predators in 2018. Let's not forget the Jets won three of four on the road in Nashville. Um, And then in the series against the Vegas Golden Knights, ended up being one and two after winning game Mm -hmm. one. And of course, that game number one win is the last time that this team has won. Yeah, and then they lost so, three. And, and I actually think it includes the two wins against the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, bottom line is 200 to 292 uh, winning percentage at home 
The Blue Jackets have six wins in 19 games for a 316 winning percentage. The Wild have 17 wins in 44 games for a 386. And the Coyotes have 25 wins in 61 games for a 410. That is not the neighborhood you want to be in. And, you know, listen, I think that the, the fans obviously deserved a better fate at some point in this series. And, you know, the way that they battled back in game number three to get it to overtime and then to double overtime and to lose was an absolute heartbreaker. Um, but last night, for I think everyone in the building, despite the fact that, you know, Blake really was able to score on the power play and get the team up one nothing, and I think really get some energy going, it was really clear, Reem, that this loss of Mark Shifley was going to affect everything last night for Rick Bonus's squad. You had Kevin Stenland moving up, playing some big, big minutes. Uh, you know, you had two players in Menelainen and uh, Axel uh, Janssen Fjallby, who played only five or six minutes because of the, the mismatch. And, of course, the Jets, you know, chasing the game and trying to put their best foot forward. But that was a game where they absolutely needed some of their best players to step up. I'll give Neil Pion credit. I mean, man, he's been productive, and he played – what, 27 and a half minutes last night. But they needed an extra save from Connor Hellebuck, and they needed something, especially from that top line of Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor. And the Vegas Golden Knights handled those guys quite well last night. And, um, you know, I mean, Adam Lowry and his line continues to, to grind, and, you know, Nemetsnikov was in there. I mean, I, I can't fault the effort by any stretch of the imagination. Blake Wheeler had one of his best games in a long time. But it just wasn't enough. And, uh, you know, uh, as I say, it's a, it's a familiar feeling, unfortunately, for Jet fans leaving that building after another loss. And I, I, have, I have no theories whatsoever on why this is the case. But um, it's something that, you know, hopefully will change at some point soon. Um, but we're sort of used to this now. And there's a lot of scar tissue on a lot of fans here. I will say this. I tweeted out last night that, you know, just I hate to say it, but I'm sort of used to this and the sort of life of a Winnipeg sports fan leaving the rink. Uh, a lot of people, you know, were kind of coming at, hey, don't forget about the Bombers. Listen, I'm not, but I'm also not 20. I mean, I've been here for a while. I remember the 29 years before. And to be honest, I did think about the 2019 Grey Cup and just how long that was coming um, and how much more we appreciate that because of what, the road it took to get there. So um, listen, these are these are the hard miles right now for being a Jet fan and being a Winnipeg sports fan with the hockey club right now. Um, but it's not over, and uh, the team certainly can't, you know, maybe feel sorry for themselves like maybe fans are right now um, because they got to figure out a way to get this series back to Winnipeg for Saturday night, and that means winning a hockey game. Thursday in Vegas, where they've already won one game, although big questions as to who was going to be. Just we'll get to you know some of the audio in a minute. But as far as today goes, Nikolai Ehlers is going to practice tomorrow. Again, I had a million people last night ask me what's going on. I have no freaking idea, folks. I mean, this has been one of the most stranger injury uh, sagas that we've seen in a long time of a guy that says, I'll be there, I'm playing, and still hasn't been cleared by the doctors. Man, it would be nice to see Ehlers at least get an opportunity to play in this series and maybe add a little bit to the offense considering what's happened elsewhere around him in the lineup. Um, and Mark Shifley apparently is feeling better and has not been ruled out for Game 5. Um, Mike, and we'll talk to Mike about this a little later on, said he just saw him here feeling pretty good. 
Um, so again, they're never going to tell us exactly what the injury was. It was really clear that, you know, he, uh, when he got hurt and came back out for that power play, when he got that puck in the slot, um, there was absolutely no wind up on a shot. It was basically sort of a muffin. And then he just went straight to the locker room and we never saw him again. But I guess if you're looking for some good news, Shifley not ruled out. And again, I don't want to get people's hopes up too much, but, um, I guess there's a possibility we might see Nikolai Ehlers and both of those guys could really help the Jets' fate when it comes to uh, trying to squeeze another game out of this series and give themselves a chance to win in front of their home crowd on Saturday. Yeah, I'd love to see another home game. Um, it's crazy to think, is this the last home game for a couple of players as we anticipate changes going forward in the summer? But, um, you know, that was that was a tough one. And, I mean, that Mark Shifley play... You know, great pass from Wheeler, who, you know, had two go- well, the one goal, and he had the shot leading to uh, the second goal. He got assist on the second one. Um, and Shafley goes in for the deke. I thought Brossois goes to make the save. He gets the paddle out and trips over. Shafley trips over and goes so hard into the board slam. You could tell he wasn't okay but right away, but he did skate around, went to the bench, came out, and it's so crazy, like, how it's the exact same thing. Like, guy gets hurt early. Comes out to test it on the power play, like, and then goes off in the middle of that power play. I mean, just literally the same thing happened. You get to, hurt like, on a breakaway. This is a 0 0 game. <laughs> the Jets hadn't even had a shot. Wheeler makes a beautiful pass to Shifley. He's in all alone. I, I mean, not scoring sucked. But for that to be the play that knocked him out for the game, I mean, Forgive me if there's a Murphy's Law vibe to what's happening right now <laughs> with this hockey club because it did seem almost unbelievable that that was the play. I mean, this has been a real physical series. The Vegas Golden Knights have been taking runs at players as you want to do. I mean, there were so many hits in the last few games. For that to be the way that Shifley got knocked out of a pivotal game four... Um, was really, really tough to take, Remo. And, uh, and at some point, you just have to kind of sit back, throw your hands up and laugh because there's absolutely no logical reason, um, you know, when it comes to those things like that, things happen. But for that to happen in the way that that it did, um, said something about the hockey gods not smiling on this hockey team or the fans that follow them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say. And for Mark Shafley, I mean, you look at his playoff record here the last couple of years. You had in the bubble, uh, Matthew Kachuk takes out his Achilles um, in the Calgary, what, play-in series? That was, was, that was the pre-bubble. And then you had the no fans uh, hit on Jake Evans where he gets suspended for, you know, it's actually so ridiculous that he got four games and you see Kale McCarr uh, got one game for his cheap shot on Jared McCann last night. I mean... These suspensions make no sense, and it's actually even more disappointing looking back, seeing that he got four games for that hit on on Jake Evans. I mean, I don't know what the Jets are thinking when they see Kale McCarr got one game for a, a late hit on a puck out of play on a player not expecting it who injured Jared McCann, who's going to be out, and Mark Shafley got four. And I, I can't believe we're still talking about this, but it's hard hard not to because that did change it did change the series for them. But oh well, and then this time he gets injured. On a breakaway, so um, for Mark Shafley's playoff, I mean, he had the amazing 2018. What he set the record for goal goals on the road in a series against Nashville. I mean, he was elite then, and we thought we would see some more of that magic. We did not. I do want to give a shout out to the power play, Huss. The power play all year disappointed 
the Jets over and over again in key moments when they had power plays. Power play's been great in this series and was again yesterday going two for two. Uh, the penalty kill technically 0 for two. The Carlson was like re- second after it expired. Yeah, but that doesn't show up on. The, I'm not going to show up on the stat sheet there. So the penalty kill I thought has been solid, but it's five on five where, and I know you're going to get into it more with Trevor, where the Jets just can't get shots in the you know areas in front of the net. So um, you know a lot of perimeter passing, a lot of D to D shots from the outside. Um, you know, look at time on attack. The Jets have had time on attack, but they just haven't had those um, shots from the great scoring areas. And Rossois Vegas made, will let Vegas yeah. will let you skate in circles around the boards all yep. night long in their own end. They don't care. Um, they're comfortable doing that. They stay on their man. They block a ton of shots. They get in those shooting lanes, uh, and they force you to really work to get inside. And the Jets did that much better early in the series. And I think Vegas is doing a much better job of keeping them outside um but listen you know and for all the doug phil makes a great point i mean <laughs> how about the hand of god goal for dubois though the hockey gods threw us a bone there I, I, you're not wrong and that's kind of why reem it's so hard to take like where this series is at right now because you know at times the jets have played very well they were brilliant in game number one they had that amazing start in game number two and even when they were down 2-1 in game two, I mean, they got the fourth-line goal from Stenny and Saku that you thought, okay, this is going to be, this could be the sort of thing that differentiates the game and puts it over the top. It didn't happen. And then you have that legendary comeback in the third period to get it to double overtime, and a bad break ends up in your own net, and it's three, it's 2-1. to one. And, you know, last night, it, it did feel kind of similar to Saturday in some ways with that goal that went in with plenty of time to still tie up the game. But you could only count on big rallies in the third period so many times, especially against a team like uh, like Vegas. And even though at times Brassois looked relatively shaky, credit to Vegas and their five-man unit um, for just not allowing the Winnipeg Jets to uh, get enough pucks and get enough really high danger scoring chances to uh, really test Brassois as much as Winnipeg would have liked. And that's a big reason why we're sitting at 3-1 right now and the Winnipeg Jets are facing elimination getting on the plane this afternoon. Yeah, I mean, you look at the shot attempts. The Jets had more attempts than than Vegas in periods two and three. But you look at Vegas's block shots for the game, they had, what, like 23 block shots? Um I mean, they get in the shooting lanes. They don't let you get pucks, you know, pucks on net. I mean, how many times in overtime did the Jets try to shoot on net and just had so much trouble? That was in game three and yesterday in game four. They just started slamming everything from the point. So I don't know if a lot of those were like super high quality chances, but they tried to, you know, get some in. I mean, Brandon Dillon, with everyone thought uh, in my section that he had scored there. What is that? Late in the oh, in the second man. period. Um, I was at the other end, but that looked like, I mean, a glorious opportunity. What yeah. happened? He just didn't get it out enough and it hit the side of the net? Yeah, I don't, I haven't seen a, a replay, but everyone, yeah, I think it just didn't go in and he had a, he had a great he chance. Was, he was at the side of the net and Brassois was at the other side of the net. I mean, certainly, and again, I didn't have a great vantage point because that was at the far end from where I was sitting, but um, there was a lot of gasps that that one didn't go in and. Listen, when you only have limited chances, when you have limited firepower, you have to make the most of those opportunities. 
and you also have to create your own luck. And listen, I, I got nothing bad to say about the guys that were out there. I thought they left it all out on the ice. They did everything they could. But when you're undermanned and you're um, getting worked at five on five, uh, it's pretty hard to win games. Um, and they weren't even doing enough to really create many power play opportunities. And, you know, even though the power play did connect twice in the game, um, that was it for those opportunities. And, um, you know, this series was going to be, I think, won or lost for the most part at five on five. And it has um, definitely been in the Vegas Golden Knights' favor right now. So, as I mentioned, the team off to Las Vegas this afternoon. Two days in between these games, they will skate and practice tomorrow. Nikolai Ehlers will be part of that practice. So, um, if you're holding out hope that we might TC 27, we should have some more information well, actually, we probably won't have any information. Day, I'll tell you, day to day. day to day. Day to day? Okay, thank you. That That's the update we'll on see. Ehlers. Day we'll, to day. We'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but, but I'll tell you what. I'll take the day to day on Shifley because <clears throat> I think a lot of people, myself included, thought that was probably it for him in this series. And and again, I mean, we'll, we'll save these conversations big picture for whenever the Winnipeg Jets are eliminated for the playoffs. But... Um, if it did happen in game five and he's not a player tomorrow, um, I think there was a lot of people that saw that last night and thought, is this the last time we see Mark Shifley on the ice as a Winnipeg Jet? And what a disappointing way for uh, for that to end in the fashion that it did if that was the case. We'll get Mike McIntyre's thoughts on all of that in a, in a minute. And as I said, Trevor Kidd's coming up. But um, just before we uh, get to... Some of the audio from last night. I got to thank our friends at Modern Man Barbershop for uh, their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Modern Man Barbershops now have eight locations in Winnipeg, including the newest locations on either Pemina Highway or Plessy Road. Modern Man Barbershops offer a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Book your look or make an appointment online at modernmanbarber.com. And you can follow them on Instagram as well, at Modern Man Barbershops. Uh, well, I know we're still in the playoffs right now, not thinking too much about summer, but it is just around the corner. Aquatech suggests that you make 2023. You take the plunge with Aquatech. Visit aqua-tech.ca to design your own custom pool. Their team can provide on-the-spot pricing from designers as well as financing options that suit you. And while you're thinking about an addition to the outside of your home, what about whole home renovations with Aquatech? With thousands of rentals as their foundation, let Aquatech upgrade any space in your home. If you're looking to finance, their team can provide plans that suit you. Schedule a design visit today to learn more about design, pricing, and financing options at aqua-tech.ca. Well, gang, uh, it wasn't necessarily good times after the game. Certainly was last night with the whiteout. Uh, we have been enjoying playoff hockey and Manitoba batteries celebrating their 10th birthday with more and more sales for all you folks that are getting ready for summer fun. This time they're blowing out golf cart batteries for those that use your car to enjoy our beautiful Manitoba courses or for those that use your car to enjoy a cold one as you tour from friend to friend at your summer getaway. Six-volt golf cart batteries are now 167 bucks, and eight-volt golf cart batteries are 177 bucks, and that's just the beginning of the value. Those prices include free delivery anywhere in the city limits, 
And when you return your cores to Manitoba Battery, you'll receive another $17.50 off what is already the lowest price in Manitoba for golf cart batteries. Get your batteries now so you can be ready for May long weekend and all that summer fun. The sale is on now until May the 6th. Pop by and see him at 1026 Logan Avenue. For more information to order, go to manitobabattery.com. And a big cheers to our friends at Canadian Club. Uh, it won't be long before we're at IG Field cheering on the Bombers and enjoying those delicious CC and gingers, as, of course, Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey is also the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk. You can pick up Canadian Club at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts and look for the CC and gingers, now available in 473 milliliter cans at Liquor Marts and your favorite local beer vendor. All right, let's get to last night, Remo, and, um, you know, we'll talk first to Bones and hear from Rick Bonus on uh, what he thought about his club. I mean, I think he's still proud of the way they battled. Uh, just, you know, a number of unfortunate things that happened, including the injury to Mark Shifley. Uh, we'll start it off with Bonus talking about uh, Shifley after yesterday's game. What can you tell us about Mark Shifley's injury? Upper body injury, and we uh, reevaluated tomorrow. So you wouldn't rule him out for Thursday at this point? Upper body injury, be reevaluated tomorrow. All right, Bones, uh, not given a lot, as many coaches do right now, but as we say, we do have an update on Mark Shifley, feeling better and not ruled out for Game 5, traveling with the team to Las Vegas earlier today. Um, Bones talked about how they played after the injury, which of course was pretty much the entire game with it happening, just like Josh Morrissey, early in the first. Uh, the team played hard. Our team played very hard tonight, and they adjusted, and we've been through this before. Early in the year, we had five or six guys out, and all key guys, and now we're faced with it again. The difference now, obviously, is you're in the playoffs, and you're playing an excellent hockey club every night, and they are a good hockey club, and... Uh, so are we. We'll find a way. We fought through this before. Are we missing some key guys? Yep, we are. And we'll find a way to win that game on Thursday. Yeah, that's what it's all about, finding a way to get this series back to Winnipeg and uh, hopefully winning one <laughs> in front of the home fans and getting it back to Vegas. Uh, here's a quick one on Bones on uh, the 3-1 deficit. Hey, we are where we are. We just had to, we've won in there before. We won game one. We got to go in there and do it again. Pretty simple. Uh, get out there and get a win. <laughs> get this thing back to Winnipeg. Um, Bones did expand, though, on um, you know the guys that did play last night that were able to go, uh, how hard they drove, um, unfortunately just not able to uh, get that extra goal to tie it up in the third. Yeah, but every, listen, our guys worked very hard tonight. They're a good hockey club over there. And again, so during the regular season, some, you, you have your injuries and you're playing different teams every night. And some are at the bottom end of the scale and some are at the top end. We're playing an excellent hockey club every night, but that's what the playoffs are. And yeah, we've, since, uh, we've sustained some injuries and we have to fight our way through it. And we will. Listen, we're going in there Thursday and we're going to give everything we've got and we're going to try to find a way to win that game. Simple as that. All right. Uh, you know, pretty um, pretty simple message from Rick Bonus, Reeman. I don't really think he could... Uh, I mean, you can't dwell on the injuries. Um, as they say, you know, it, it, it sucks from a fan's perspective and you realize what the team is up against and then to have that sort of luck go against you. But from a head coaching standpoint, we'll talk about this with Trev. It's a very simple message. 
focus on what you can control. Get out there, have a good first shift, have a good first period, and uh, find a way, basically. That is the task at hand for the Winnipeg Jets if they don't want to be making tea times on Friday. You know, it just hasn't gone their way, Hess. You know, they've played well um, five on five here. They've said that, and even with all these players out, it's gone um, all right for them. So I think they do need to get some shots at the high percentage areas. But um, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, but the bodies they had, they, the games have been close, and I think that's what you want. Just hasn't. They just can't score a five on five. Well, it'll uh, look to get a couple, however they can. And uh, listen, we're going to get to Connor Hellebuck before, but um, there's a lot of talk about Hellebuck stealing a game that hasn't happened yet, and uh, Game Five would be a great time for that to happen. Uh, here's a little bit more bones on what he liked about his team's performance. Listen, there's just, there's no quitting the guys. There's lots of fight left. You saw the effort, and uh, they're they're giving everything we can now. We had 65 shot attempts. We've got to figure out way to get some of those to win the net five on five. Uh, five on five, the play is even. We're, they're not out chancing us. We're not out chancing them. But somehow we've got to fight. Like they got the second goal. It goes off a of skate. So the third goal goes off a of stick. We have to find a way to get those goals. And we got lucky on the second power play goal. I get that. But five on five, we need one of those goals for us to win. And we're getting 65 shot attempts. Some we've got to we've got to do a better job. You know, and, and Boats makes some good you know, some good points. I mean, I still think Vegas has, um, you know, had the advantage in five-on-five five play overall just in where their shots are coming from and and just how well they're defending in their own end. But, um, but the margin of victory <clears throat> and the difference between winning and losing in this series has been really tight, especially, of course, in game number three with one and a half periods of overtime. Um but even last night, I mean, uh, and, and pretty much in all the games, you could go back to one play here or there that's sort of gone against the Winnipeg Jets that has been the difference. And, um, you know, I'm not sure whether that makes it more palatable or more frustrating if you're pulling for the team right now. But they have been in these games, Remo. It's not like they've been outclassed by any stretch of the imagination. I, I would agree. And I think the only really poor game was game two where um, Mark Stone turned up at the end. But even in game two... They had that dominant first period. And, you know, the second periods in the, the two games here, like at home, haven't been great. But, I mean, overall, what, you lost in double overtime. Or you lost Josh Morrissey. And, you know, in, in, what, in the third and period in overtime, you played pretty well. And last night, you know, the, but they go up two goals and you're kind of chasing the game the whole time. They made a great comeback. They got the, the one goal, but couldn't get the tying marker. So... I mean, it's been pretty close, but you're just short, and you're also just short a number of bodies as you're now out, Ehlers, Shifley, Morrissey, and you have a fourth line who you really don't trust. Um, you look at Axel, five minutes, and Saku Minalainen. Um, but you know what? I, I, I'd actually disagree with that. I don't think it's the fact that they don't trust them. Um, it's the fact that they were down, and the fact that once they lost another center, you've got Stenland playing up. I mean, it's an odd numbers game, and they basically were running three lines. Like... Listen, the fourth line at best is going to play nine or ten minutes. Yeah. And usually more in like the eight to nine. I think it was more the situation. It certainly wasn't anything that those guys had done. I, frankly, I thought Axel looked good. I thought he had a lot of energy. He was making some hits. And I think Menelainen has certainly held his own as well so far in this series. But, uh, you know, Saku Menelainen and Axel Janssen-Fialbi are not going to be the guys that put this That's team true. over the top. 
I actually liked Axel when he came in. He's threw the body around. You know he's got speed, but I do wonder, you know, in terms of fatigue, like you look at Vegas, they're rolling all their lines against the Jets and getting contributions from just about everyone. And um, the Jets, you know, they but you're only counting on, what, maybe two lines now with all these, I mean, when you're missing, you know, all your those well, top and, six and, guys. And guys from the fourth line, um, you know, to your point, are playing so well, they're getting moved up in the lineup. Mm. Winnipeg or Oak Banks, Brett Howden, who had two goals last night, including the first one off of a rebound of his own shot after it was blocked by Neil Pionk, um, you know, moving up and taking the place of Ivan Barbashev, who was their big trade deadline acquisition. So there are some things going on. T. Will with a good uh, good one here. The Jets have to figure out how to get some shots off from the front of the net. If they can figure out how this series isn't over, Brassois can absolutely lose this series for Vegas. And hey, they, listen, the last one's the hardest one to get. And a lot of people have counted the Winnipeg Jets out right now. Um, you never know what can happen if you can't get to that goaltender. And, um, you know, they'll have one more opportunity to do that in game five to see if they can force uh, the the, uh, the sixth game. Here's a little bit more. This is six, Remo. Here's a little bit more from Bones on uh, the current predicament of the Jets being down 3-1 heading to Vegas. And the odds and all that stuff and the history, it means nothing to us. It, it means nothing of the odds of coming back. The only thing that matters is finding a way to win Thursday night. So you can throw all the history of the league at me and the odds of coming back, it means nothing. Only thing that matters is going in there Thursday night and winning a hockey game. That's what matters. How important is to have those next two days before you play to prepare for this? It's good. I mean, we're going in tomorrow. We'll have a good practice on Wednesday. And uh, we'll figure out some new lines <laughs> with the injuries and we'll go from there. One more quickie from Bones. Um, he was asked on what Vegas is doing better than the Jets that's um, led to uh, the 3-1 lead. What are they doing better than us? The chances are even 5-1-5, so their, their pucks are going in better than ours. Right? They are. So, we, so what do we have to do better? Find a way to get some of those greasy goals. All right, there is Rick Bonus, and uh, here's another great tweet that someone sent me last night, and it's just you know lamenting on another home loss, you know being down three to one, the way this series has turned, and shout out to Paul Robert. This is the sort of positivity I needed. As a Jets fan base, are we not owed one three one series comeback victory in our life though? Just once, we've seen these leads pissed away for years. Well, no more. Our turn now. Helly goes hashtag God mode from here. Go Jets, go! Uh, l- love, love that positivity. And uh, hey, listen, anything's possible in playoff hockey. And uh, wouldn't that be great if that was a prophetic tweet? from uh from paul uh let's hear from blake wheeler he had a heck of a game last night when his team needed it um he spoke about the uh challenge of playing without mark shifley after he went down early in the first uh it's unfortunate obviously uh to lose mark a uh, guy we really rely on so um the guys battled uh, extremely hard and um yeah we just couldn't get a bounce five on five i mean five on five i think we really liked our game and um you know we had some really good looks and uh I suppose we got a good uh, good bounce there on the power play, but uh, yeah, you know, we uh, we liked a lot of what we saw five on five, and you know, we just couldn't get the extra one we needed. All right, Wheeler. Uh, also, uh, I mean, listen, he's been through a lot of playoff hockey here in Winnipeg with this club. Um, he talked about uh, the current situation for the team being down three one, heading on the road. 
Just got a hockey game on Thursday. That's it. Let's try to win a game. What kind of experiences can you draw from you guys have been there before? That's it. I mean, that's it. I mean, you know, we just uh, have to approach it as a game on Thursday, and um, we got to give it everything we have to, to win a game. And uh, you know, these these uh, these series are uh, can be you know interesting the longer you, you keep them alive and. Um, you just, like I said, want to uh, give everything we got Thursday and, and come out of there with uh, with a big victory. Well, the Jets certainly haven't been uh, getting any very good luck. I mean, whether it comes to a little bit of puck luck, Connor Hellebuck talked about that earlier today, um, or the injuries, which have been a huge factor in certainly these last two games at home. First losing Morrissey, then losing Shifley early in game four. Wheeler touched on that as well after the game. Yeah, it was- Bad luck, I don't know, uh, whatever you want to call it, but um, it's not something we can really dwell on. You know, we, we got to focus on uh, the bodies we have available, and um, you know, certainly we uh, we feel like we have enough to win win on Thursday, and um, we would uh, would we'd really like to have the guys that, that aren't able to go. Uh, but um, like I said, you know, we believe in the group we got uh, that we'll we'll go out there on Thursday, and we're gonna fight like hell. Well, they'll fight like hell, and uh, as I said, from the update today, we'll maybe find out a little bit more tomorrow. Um, but Nikolai Ehlers will skate with the club, and Mark Shifley has not been ruled out for Game Five. So uh, we'll see what uh, we'll see how that shakes out before the puck drop on uh, Thursday night in Sin City. One more from the longtime, now former captain of the Jets, Blake Wheeler. Um, he talked about the Jets finding their best during some of their most adverse moments over the past season. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's uh, our backs are obviously against the wall. And, um, yeah, uh, uh, I don't really have the, the words for that. But, um, like I said, I think we just, between now and Thursday, got to come up with the, the proper approach uh, to win that game, you know. We can't win three in one in one day, um, so we got to approach Thursday as uh, you know, as we have all series, and and um, you know, try to get the job done there. All right, there's Blake Wheeler, the Winnipeg Jets, and I'll say this, Reem. Um, there's a lot of people that at different times have written Blake Wheeler off. He had a hell of a hockey game last night when his team really needed it. Yeah, you look at his numbers; as he's got five points uh, in four games, and there he was. You know, the power play. Kind of hasn't worked where you're they're trying for these perfect tap in passes and Blake Wheeler, you know, he's not known for his shot, but uh, found an opening on Brossois and just ripped it and good things happen. And even on the second one, I mean, it started with him at the circle and took a shot and Dubois in front tapping it in still like I don't know if you could recreate that goal if you tried, but uh, an incredible play where the puck goes up in the air and Petrangelo like swipes at it and it falls in the back of the net. I mean. Um, worked out really well for the Jets. It's just unfortunate they couldn't add on to it at the end. Had some pressure, but they had some good pressure in the third period as well. You know, but a lot of it was point shots where you're trying to get that rebound, and unfortunately they weren't able to. So again, that's been a, I you know coming into the series, I was like, I think could see this being like kind of like the Anaheim series where every game is really close, but uh, does not come out in the Jets' favor, and it hasn't been a sweep, but. The Vegas is on the verge of winning four in a row. Well, um, that comparison can certainly, certainly when you talk about the two home games. I mean, 
I don't think there's any doubt that, I mean, they have been close. They've been really tight. You don't get much tighter than a double overtime game, although it was pretty crazy the way that it all happened. And even last night, down Mark Shifley, I mean, that's a one-goal game in the third period as the Jets, you know, pushed and tried to make something happen in front of Loren Brassois and unfortunately just couldn't get the uh, couldn't get the equalizer. All right, let's uh, get to Trevor Kidd just before we bring in Kidder. Uh, our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market have great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, and Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too. Family-owned and operated right here in Winnipeg since 1936. Have you had your healthy fats today? Yes, there is such a thing. Omega-3 fatty acids are beneficial for your skin, brain, joint, and heart health. That's where Health First Omega Supreme comes in. Get your healthy fats the easy way with this one-a-day soft gel. Health First Omega Supreme is on sale all month at Vita Health Fresh Market, seven Winnipeg locations. You can also visit their website to buy online with local delivery at myvita.ca. Well, spring is here, folks, and Wallace and Wallace, Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialists, are back to work in a big, big way. Uh, hey, they've been serving residential and commercial customers since 1946 in the leaders in fencing here in the city. If, you, if your property needs the security and protection of a new fence, or if winter's done a number on your old one, give them a call. They've got vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood fences. And if it's time to replace your garage door, Wallace & Wallace also has Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. Give them a buzz at 452-2700. Their team will come down and arrange a time to give you a free estimate. You can also visit them online at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off of Keniston. How's the, uh, how's the closet looking as we get into the new season, fellas? Up your menswear game heading into spring and summer with F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at $400, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. In a wedding party this summer, talk to the guys at F about getting suited up. You'll get a 15% discount for the entire wedding party when you get your suits from F Apparel. If you've got a 2023 high school grad, the young man will get hooked up with the free custom shirt and tie, a value of 150 bucks when you with the purchase of a new suit from F Apparel. 190 Smith Street downtown's where to go. Make an appointment or find out more online at F. That's EPHapparel.com. And hey, if you're down and out today. After the game last night, might I suggest a trip down to the one of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. Uh, new summer blizzard flavors are in. And, uh, you know, even though the game did not go the Jets way, the blizzard is always sure to put a smile on anyone's face. Great burgers there as well. Uh, of course, they've hooked up, hooking you up at one of four locations in Winnipeg and southern Manitoba. DQ Northgate, DQ Polar Park, DQ St. Anne's and the DQ out in Niverville. Hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba if you do need a uh, DQ ice cream cake or blizzard cake for an upcoming party or event. All right, Mike McIntyre was uh, there with the club a little earlier today hearing from the Jets before they hit the road. We'll talk to Mike coming up in a bit, but first, let's welcome in our good friend Trevor Kidd for his thoughts on last night's game and the Jets' predicament. Kidder, Grant, great to have you back on the program. Uh, oh, man, another tough one. <laughs> We've been here before. Oh, man, it's a tough stretch now for the whiteout. What is it, seven straight home games without a win? Oh, 
at least two of them only had 500 fans at them. <laughs> uh, I, I was at five of those seven and uh, tweeted out last night, kind of used to those sad walks out of the rink after yeah. these playoff games. I mean, uh, it's such a shame. I mean, the energy that I think the fans brought to those two games um, was was amazing. And it was something we've missed for a long time. But man, the story just seems to end the same way. And um, I, I mean, I guess right off the bat, there's a Murphy's Law element to this hockey club, unfortunately. And I mean, Mark Shifley getting injured on a freaking breakaway right off the top of the game. I mean, you think this is going to be one nothing? Uh, no, and you're down an important center. And I mean, it just compounded everything with the loss of Ehlers and the loss of uh, Josh Morrissey. Um, but again, it's playoff hockey. That is going to happen. And I give the team a lot of credit for the way they battled yep. and hung in there. Agreed. Um, but, man, as far as the level of play right now on both sides, I mean, it does seem like Vegas, after an iffy start really in those first four periods, um, is showing why they're the number one team in the West. And, man, the Winnipeg Jets are having a tough time getting it off the perimeter. And that is when the Vegas Golden Knights are at their best. Man, you you, you packaged a lot right there. <laughs> we don't want to start us. Uh, I mean, the injury thing certainly is, I mean, if you look going forward, it certainly can reflect – uh, on what we've seen here to this point, but you know the series being three-one now, how did the Winnipeg Jets manufacture wins? How did they get back into the series? How did they win this series? You have to look at the injuries. I mean, uh, how we got here to this point. I mean, Ehlers is is, and I was talking to you there, um, you know, just before we went on here, is an interesting thing in itself. Um, you know, here's a guy that said he'd be ready game one, uh, that he would not be denied playing in game one. And still not medically cleared to play after four games. Uh, it'll be interesting. The presser, whenever the season is over for the Winnipeg Jets, on what actually went down there. And your best defenseman. I mean, look at uh, you know you look around in the league. Look at the Tampa Bay Lightning losing uh, Hedman there for for a game. It uh, you, you can't. What Josh Morrissey brings to the the team, certainly, you know, ground level from a leadership perspective is is one thing uh, in that locker room and, and leading by example on the ice. But um, how he defends, certainly for a, a smaller a stature type uh, defenseman, but the X factor is certainly the offensive part of this game, right? That first pass in the defensive zone, getting up into the rush, being a part in the offensive zone in generating offense. And, uh, you know, Neil Pionk is doing an admirable job of trying to fill those shoes. But yeah, at the end of the day, you can't. Um, and and that is that is a huge, huge loss for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and then you mentioned uh, Murphy's Law, whatever way you want to call it. Uh, uh, Shifley getting a breakaway. Uh, you could see he, you know, he tried to stay with it. He tried to work through it. But... Uh, um, you know, you had that power play, you took that one timer and you could see, boy, that really jarred something. If it wasn't, uh, you know, we got, we're speculating, but, uh, look, the way he was skating off the ice there to be some sort of, you know, arm shoulder type injury, uh, and, and the way he took that one timer, you know, Mark Shifley usually has a bit, well, a bit, uh, a, a bit of a wind up to his one timer on that left side circle. And you could see it was, it was, uh a shorter type wind up and trying to get that one timer off and it hurt him. And he went right off the ice that. So, uh, you know what, again, the, the, the injury thing is tough, whether it be Ehlers and we'll see what happens here for game five, but 
you know, losing Morrissey, moving Sharkfully. Uh, I, I don't know how you recover from that. Uh, certainly, we can speculate. We can we can talk. Uh, Connor Elwak, uh, you look at uh, you know what what's left here in the series, and he has certainly played well. But they are going to have to defend like there is no tomorrow. Connor Hellebuck is going to have to play like there's no tomorrow himself and try and win these next few games. Uh, I don't think you're going to see a 4-3, 5-4 hockey game. It's going to be a, a 2-1, win it late in the third period type thing. Um, it's just the only way with the offense. And you've touched on it. Uh, uh, the offense has, uh, Winnipeg has had its moments, uh, certainly in finding some traffic in front of Brassois, but there hasn't been enough of it, right? The you look at the the Vegas opportunities that, you know, what Connor Hellbuck is having to do to keep pucks out of the net, uh, the middle part of the ice, the redirects the stuff in front of the blue paint. Uh Winnipeg hasn't found they've haven't uh, uh you know, you think back to the certainly in game one, uh, but you know, towards the end of the regular season, a lot of that success for the Winnipeg Jets was coming right down the pipe. Right in front of the goaltender. And whether, you know, again, give Vegas a little bit of credit, uh, you see a puck come around, Lauren Bersois, um, they are swarming the front of the net in regards to defending the front of the net. And it's a tough area for the Winnipeg Jets to get into at the moment, but uh, they have to find a way. Uh, there's, to me, a little bit too much perimeter play from an offensive perspective, um, which is a little bit frustrating because uh, there was a moment, Huss, uh, game one, when Dubois, um, scored his goal coming down the left side circle. And if you remember the video clip there, he kind of skated back towards the Winnipeg Jets and, and looked to chirp Bersois a little bit. I'm like, when I looked at that, I'm like, oh boy, uh, they don't have a whole bunch of respect for Bersois. You don't see a Vegas uh, uh, team member uh, when they scored Connor Hellbuck giving them some lip service. And here's the blog doing that to uh, Bersois. And you know the the any time the puck has been around and give you know give Bersuasen credit to he has played well, uh, but the adventures when the puck is in in and around that blue paint uh, the amount of times that he's been sideways uh, making a save what uh, you know the, he's been looking at the the video camera and the net on plenty of these saves that he's made right uh, it, it's been an event but they just haven't had enough sustained pressure. Uh, in that middle part of the ice, whether it be the blue paint, the slot, the high tip, and the garbage goals, right? They usually come from being in those areas. And you try and think of how Winnipeg's going to get success here. Uh, as I mentioned, defending like crazy, Connor Hellebuck, you know, playing like there's no tomorrow. Somehow the Winnipeg Jets are going to have to find the middle part of the ice if they're going to find success and putting a few past Lauren Brassois here yeah. you know, in the next well, few games. In a lot of ways, I mean, that is sort of easier said than done, and I think teams all season long have been learning yes. that against the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, when they are playing their best, they're not letting people in the middle, and and they're more than they're more than comfortable to have you skate circles around the outside of the offensive zone. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't give up many shooting lanes. They're very aggressive in on the shots, so they're great at blocking shots as well. Um, and they play a very strong, tough style of uh, hockey in front of their own goaltender. And uh, we've certainly seen that be a big, big shift. And, and you know, when you lose the players that the Jets have, have had, um, you know, there's a lot more that falls on the shoulders of some of your big producers. And, I mean, I can't count how many times um, Kyle Connor and even Pierre-Luc Dubois, to be honest, have gotten the puck going into the offensive zone 
and have to double back when they come in and then it's okay finding a way to sort of get it in there and that's got to be frustrating for a team that is already up against it and has to work so hard for their scoring opportunities like the Jets do right now. No, and that's it. I mean, again, to touch on what you just mentioned, the Vegas side is their bread and butter. They are a pretty good defensive team and and uh, in their own zone, they are a real compact defensive team. And when there is a puck in and around that middle part of the area, uh, because of how compact they are, um, they they defend that area tough. They're a physical team. When anything comes in there, it's a pack mentality. Uh, and they they work real hard to either get that puck back out to the perimeter or have puck possession come from it. And you've seen them uh, many times when you talk about their defensive game and getting the puck back. They're a quick transition team. And they've moved through the neutral zone a few times here over the series uh, and, and, and getting back onto the offense here and, and creating some opportunities off the rush from, again, how well they defend it. You know, you mentioned Dubois, Connor. I mean, those guys, uh, you know, Wheeler's, uh, uh, he's come of own here a little bit and has had some offensive. We haven't seen Blake Wheeler be a part of the offense a whole bunch uh, this season, but certainly has stepped up his game here uh, in the postseason. But those are the guys you're going to have to look, uh, um, you know, whether it be Blake Wheeler, certainly Dubois, Kyle Connor, going to have to, you know, play out of their minds here. Uh, and it, but they're going to have to find the middle parts of the ice coming down the wing and trying to find, uh, uh, you know, a shooting lane from the perimeter. Uh, and they have scored, they had a few of those opportunities, but they're going to have to find that middle part of the ice. Uh, Adam Lowry, you think of some of his opportunities, what that line does. And Adam Lowry arguably might be the best, uh, if you're just, you know, who's the MVP to the series so far, what Adam Lowry is, has done to this point, uh, in leading by example, the physical type play. Uh, taking it on the chin, all those sorts of things. Boy, has he been oppressive. But, you know, that that third line and what Adam Lowry does in the middle part of the ice, he'd be a guy that I'd be looking for to set the tone in Game 5 uh, in Vegas from that perspective, everything that we're talking about here. Trevor Kidd's with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk discussing the Jets' loss in Game 4, down 3-1, heading to Vegas, trying to stay alive and force a Game 6 here in Winnipeg on Saturday. You know, Trevor, I think especially after what happened in the first game, um, I think we knew the Winnipeg Jets were very much in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when you're playing against a great team like Vegas, the, the the margins between the wins and losses are so, so thin. Mm-hmm. And and it's often one play, one way or the other, can, that can be the difference. You never you know, know when that moment is, right? Well, no, and I mean, I, I just think back to the last three games. I mean, down 2-1, they get the goal from Stenny, from Stenland, from Saku Metalainen. You think, oh, my God, a big fourth-line goal. I mean, that might be the thing. The comeback in game three, I mean, we've talking about for years, but ending. No, arguably, Jets 2.0, Huss, I had a lot of people message me. That was the best period of hockey that they have ever seen, Jets point 2.0. What and and then not just what the hell the comeback, but the crowd. You mentioned it, the whiteout. Oh. Uh, that was again. It was hugely entertaining, and it was uh, unless you were there. I mean, what what I watched some of the replays uh, on on television, uh, and and it doesn't do uh, that vibe uh, any justice. Uh, to be in the house for that third period was special. Uh, I, I mean. 
It was, and we'll, we'll remember that fondly. Uh, the end of the game, though, not so much. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even last night, totally up against it. <clears throat> one of the most bizarre goals I've ever seen, a moonshot coming down that Peter Angelo takes a swing at and somehow ends up in the net, and you're right in there. But just to the adventure I was that... talking about, <laughs> incredible that puck is around Brasois, there is something that is bizarre that is happening. And that, to me... You, you could say that was a one-off in most series, but the, when that puck gets in that area on Lauren Brassois, uh, that puck may have been the defending part of it, but how many times he loses vision, uh, tracking of the puck, doesn't know where it is, it, it, it's lots. Well, and in a lot of ways, Trev, um, I mean, coming off of what happened on Saturday with that three-goal comeback, even though Brassois got the win and ended up holding it down for the first period of overtime and mm-hmm. into the second before the winner went in, I really did think that the Winnipeg Jets were going to be doing everything they could to hammer as many pucks on the net as possible. And, I mean, in a lot of ways, the Shifley breakaway did one of two things. First of all, a great opportunity for Brassois to make a huge save to sort of right. steady himself, give him some confidence at the beginning of the game and keep the game tied. And then the Murphy's Law nature of all of this, somehow Mark Shifley gets injured and knocked out of the game on a glorious opportunity to put the team up one nothing, with no contact from any other Golden Knights other than the pad of Brassois. Well, I... No, I know. It's it's unfortunate. Uh, again, we, the injuries here, Nick Ehlers, you can't replace Josh Morrissey. Neil Pionk is doing, it again, an admiral job. I mean, look at the first period there yesterday. We talked about Neil Pionk. I mean, the Vegas Golden Knights were taken, were hammering Neil Pionk. Every time he got the puck, the, what he took in the first period from a physical perspective, uh, how he would watch his energy. And, and, I mean, trust me, Neil Pionk wants to... Um, you know, some of those after the the whistle scrums and, and face washes and, you know, the energy that's spent, uh, he was walking away from all of it because he knew the minutes and the role they'd have to play. Uh, and then you mentioned, uh, you know, Shifley again, uh, just so darn uh, unfortunate. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets are, you know, you might say they need a minor miracle to get back into the series, but, uh, you know, again, the X factors that they do have, uh, Connor Hellebuck being first and foremost, uh, he can steal a game. We've seen him do it here over the last couple, three years. Uh, he has played well. He is going to have to step it up a little bit more. The, the defending the Winnipeg Jets are going to have to do, though, to get out of this series and move on uh, is going to be something uh, of the ages because of, you know, again, Vegas is a generally speaking healthy team what they're generating, how they're finding the, the middle part of the ice from their perspective in the offensive zone. Uh, Winnipeg really hasn't found a way to completely close that down. Uh, and because of that, as I mentioned, Connor Hellebuck is going to have to be so darn sharp. And then on the offensive side, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to see special, uh, you know, games come out of Dubois, uh, special game come out of uh, Kyle Connor. Uh, Wheeler's going to have to continue contributing. And that third line with Adam Lowry, there, you know what he's done from a physical perspective, uh, uh, how how he's kind of leading the charge uh, from an emotional perspective, uh, is is been a lot of fun to watch. But uh, uh, what has to line up here for the Winnipeg Jets to find success, not only in in Game Five tomorrow, but uh, you know coming back to Winnipeg hopefully for a Game Six, and you know if they can get it to a Game Seven, well then 
you know, what the heck, anything can happen. But uh, uh, the, the cards, you know, the Vegas Gold Knights, the cards, you talk about the cards, us, uh, certainly they're not in the Winnipeg Jets' favor uh, at the moment. You know, I, I'm speaking of Hellebuck, um, I mean, listen, he has not stolen a game right now, and the Jets are at 3 well, 1. He he, he, well, I, I just wanted to get you, I mean, your thoughts. I mean, we've seen the best of Hellebuck, I mean, over the last number of years. I mean, how would you categorize his performance so far in the series? I, I would say it's it, it's been above average, but I mean, Huss, that's the that's the thing. We you look at teams that go far in the playoffs, Matt. Uh, above average usually doesn't cut it. Um, it might get you here, but it's hard to keep winning. No, that that's it, right? I mean, I would say you know, yeah, Connor Hellebuck has played above average in this series. Uh, I don't think it, you know, to this point, it, uh, above average, it's not going to get the Winnipeg Jets out of this series. And when you look at the playoffs uh, as a whole, uh, when you get into that Stanley Cup final, you get a team going the distance. Uh, you know, generally speaking, the goaltender of of the team that finds success in the Stanley Cup finals is is one of the players that's usually up for the con Smythe, right? Uh, so it. Connor Hellebuck has to find another level uh, in the next three games for the Jets to find uh, success. He's played well. He's had, I mean, he's had a little bit of tough luck. You look at the goal that was scored there yesterday in front uh, uh, that's redirected. Was it Carlson or Marcheseau's uh, skate? It goes off. He somehow gets his darn pad caught on the inside of his thigh and turns him around and opens up his five. Well, I haven't seen that type of play in any goaltender yet this year. Um, you know, he had one come down the wing there on the left side. Uh, when you know, on first glance, oh, that's a bad goal. It, it, it was, uh, you know, high to the glove side. Then you see their replay, and it's just a small, uh, little tip in the mid slot that changes the direction and the trajectory of the puck. So, uh, again, he's he's played well, he's played above average. The goals that have been scored, I, I can't think of a bad one to be honest with you, but he's gonna have to play superhuman here. <laughs> Certainly tomorrow, if this series is coming back to Winnipeg. Yeah, no, uh, uh, there's no doubt about that, Trev. Um, you know, when you look at the uh, at the Jets and how they're presently constructed, I mean, you realize how how they were going to be up against it to begin with, going right. up against a heck of a team like Vegas, uh, and then you lose these players. Um, you know, Ehlers not able to go. Talked about Morrissey and now Shifley. Uh, you've played a lot of playoff hockey in your day. You know what it's like in the dressing room. I mean, what um, well, I, I'm sure it's not a very energetic bunch right now. But um, what's it like in a dressing room after a game at practice? I mean, when you are facing elimination, mm. um, and there's so many other things that seem to be conspiring about you. I guess you can't spend any time feeling sorry for yourselves. I mean, leave that to the fans because no, uh, no, that is so true. You got to have the short memory, right? Memory of a goldfish, ten seconds. Uh, you know, certainly Sandberg had to have that uh, coming out of that OT game, uh, and that would be no different. I mean, you'll you'll look at it, you'll do the video, no different than any other situation. What are the things we can do in our game to try and uh, make things better? But when it comes to mistakes, when it comes to individual type mistakes, uh, the short memory is huge, right? And he you spend so much time all season trying to get in to the playoffs. There's no point in 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 worrying about um, the mistakes, the game. Like you, you're literally just trying to 
reset, refocus. And momentum is such a huge thing. It's in-game. It's by the period. It's by the series. And it, and it goes both ways. And, and when things aren't feeling good, that's when you want to have the short memory. When your things are, are going well, that's when you want to try and bottle it, you know, turn a, a, a great shift into a second great shift, to turn a great period into a... And, you know, you touched on it earlier there. Um, you know, Vegas had a good run of about four or five, five periods that kind of flipped this series, right? That's something that Winnipeg needs to do here when you talk about getting ready and the preparation uh, certainly they would just look and look, we, you know, no different than what we're talking about right now. Here's what we're going to need to do to be successful. We're going to have to defend again, like there's no tomorrow. Uh, certainly our, our there isn't any tomorrow, <laughs> right? This true. Uh, you know, in, in regarding finding offense and the special teams is one thing that they don't, you know, necessarily need to worry. The, the PK has been good. Yeah. Jake Eichel's got a couple goals. Uh, the power play has been. Has, has has capitalized so it's the five on five play Huss, to me that is 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 the backbreaker here at the moment vegas is winning the five on five game and and you know it's not going to be any easier certainly in losing your best defenseman and one of your best forwards and and one forward that is a part of your top six as well that hasn't played to this date but i think the recipe for finding success no different than what we just talked about right now and it's that momentum type thing. Can they get off to a good start? Can they get that good first period in, in Vegas and turn that good first into a good second? And maybe through that, you know, get this game late in the third, have a little bit of momentum and 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 see what happens. Because certainly, again, coming back to, you know, the, the, the series doesn't completely shift. But if you can steal that game, game five in Vegas, and say now you're coming back home, and I know back home here for Winnipeg hasn't been great. We talked about it right from the get-go. Uh, the Jets have, haven't watched seven straight here in front of the whiteout. But nonetheless, I would take my chances on getting that first one uh, in eight and taking that thing back to Vegas. But it, it all started, again, we're talking bigger picture here now, but if you're the Winnipeg Jets, you don't care about game six. You don't care about game seven. All you care about is the preparation, understanding what you're going to need to do to be successful in tomorrow night's game, and that'll start with that good first shift. Again, Adam Lowry's been doing it. He'll be looking for him early in that hockey game tomorrow. He'll be setting a tone. Certainly be watching Connor, Dubois, again, Pionk, uh, Dylan, uh, you know, Schmidt, on and on. Um, just watching those first few shifts, uh, watching to see how they're getting into that hockey game. And seeing if they can turn those first few shifts, that first five minutes into a good first period, gain some confidence. And then, you know what, as, as, as late as that game can go tomorrow night, that serves the Winnipeg Jets uh, best. Because to me, they'll have a good chance to win. Again, leaning on Connor Hellebuck uh, and having a game himself. If that game goes late in the third for all the things that I've mentioned about Lauren Brassois, they just need to get more pucks on them because to me, if it comes down to late in the third period, who's going to steal a game? Who's going to win a game for you? Vegas, if you had all the chips, I'm putting them all on Connor Hellebuck to steal a game late in the third period. Winnipeg just need just need to get it there. Yeah, ha- hang in there and give themselves a exactly. to win. Exactly. Hey, um, do you have any theories as to why this team's record has been so bad in front of such an incredible crowd and atmosphere over oh, the last yeah, it years. It makes no sense, right? It makes no sense. Um, I, you know, part of, part of it now, I mean, when you talk, uh, you know, playing on the road was so different 
15, 20 years ago because the arenas were so much, they were so different, right? Whether it be the boards, the the, the locker room. I remember a lot of the, uh, I played in Chicago Stadium. I played in in, in Boston Gardens, the the odd, uh, uh, all these old, old arenas that uh, had cold showers. Uh, the, the heating didn't work. Uh, the air the conditioning didn't work. Right. It, you know, the boards were wonky, like, Everything was so different. And then you had the fan component, right? It, playing on the road now, uh, I think guys get just as fired up as the home team. And and certainly coming into Winnipeg, uh, that is a real treat. Never mind Winnipeg Jet player, the fans. Um, a road team coming in to Winnipeg in the playoffs, that's a treat. Honestly, like it, it, how fun is that? to be a road team coming in and playing in that environment. I mean, that's why, why you play the game. And so if you take away all those other extracurricular components and it's just about playing the hockey game, so what you want to do. You want to be in that environment. You want to have that excitement, the the music, uh, the crowd, uh, uh, all that attention, the whiteout outside. I mean, what is there not to love? Um, you know, past that, from a road perspective, uh, I mean, it's just been a little bit unlucky. The Jets need to just find a way. Uh, we've seen that here in many of these uh, losses here at home where you talked on it, uh, touched on it, uh, us, just a little bounce, right? It's a little thing here, a little little bounce there that didn't go the right way for the Winnipeg Jets. And unfortunately, in the playoffs, uh, you know, some of these games, whether it be in overtime, whether it be late in the third period, uh, they just haven't been able to get over that hump and, and find the winning way. Hey, Kidder, just before we go, uh, and I'm sure you and many people had these thoughts yesterday as the clock was ticking down and the empty netter went in. Um, and, and I mean, uh, these conversations are best saved big picture for the end of the series going forward. But there was a sense, even after Shifley got hurt, I mean, earlier on in the game at the intermission, wondering, like, could that be the last time we see Mark Shifley playing here for the Winnipeg Jets? Mm-hmm. And Mm-hmm. Um, there is the potential that that game last night, um, you know, could be the final run for a big part of this core that has been <laughs> right, basically the heartbeat of this team for a long time. And that I think everyone involved would love to see, you know, another game and try and get it back to game six. Um, but yes. we are at, we are at a yeah. point where this uh, I mean when this is over if it, if the Jets aren't able to complete a miracle comeback and put this forward, man, this is going to be a a very interesting off season and one that is going to shape the future of this team for a long time to come. I think. Oh man, uh, yeah, you're getting deep here now, and I mean I think the last time I spoke to you is when the Jets were uh, having a bit of a funk and we were talking about. Uh, I mean that seems like last year now, and that's not what was that three weeks ago, and we're talking about. Motiv- you know, bonuses to talking about motivating guys, and if they think they're working, uh, they're dreaming, and then they found right, it was right like, after the San Jose game, oh, right, man. right. And you know, we're, we're talking about oh boy, the 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 change in the lineup, uh, uh, the core of this team, what's going to happen in the uh, off season would probably be considered not to be insignificant. And, and, you know, they find their way, they get into the playoffs and the last couple of three weeks has been hugely entertaining and, and tons of fun to watch. And, uh, they've been battling and competing and scoring goals and and playing real good, but yes, no, you're totally right. Uh, the, 
the breakdown, the evaluation on this team for a whole bunch of different reasons, uh, certainly contractually for guys, but just, you know, the core of this team, what the direction of this club, what the next five, 10 years is going to look like, you're going to see that evolve uh, in the next year to two years. And certainly, you know, when you talk about the next year, that's this summer. And yeah, you're right. Uh, we could be watching uh, uh, some of the last games for a few of these Winnipeg Jet players that we've come to to watch. And, and, and you know, for lots of fans, uh, you, you know, you walk around the building, you see tons of 55 jerseys. Uh, Mark Shifley could be one of them that, uh, yeah, perhaps uh, he's played one of his last games for the Winnipeg Jets. Well, hopefully we can kick the can down the road for those conversations at yeah. least long enough to yeah. get to the weekend and another game back here in the whiteout, maybe yeah. finally get a win in front of home fans. Yeah, sure. uh, but I guess we'll find out on uh, on Thursday. Trevor, as always, thanks so much for doing this, man. It's just awesome. great to have you on the show. Uh, hopefully we can, we'll definitely have to do it in the off season. I'll very much look forward to your takes on what's going on around the hockey club, but Fingers crossed we may have a little bit more hockey to watch. Uh, for one more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Coming out of Thursday. Nice Appreciate it, man. All right, great stuff with our pal Trevor Kidd. Really lucky to have Kidder come on. And uh, hopefully be a little more, a uh, few more games on uh, 680 CGOB for Trev to contribute to as well. Uh, we're going to bring in Mike McIntyre. He was at the airport where the Jets were taken off for Vegas. Just before we do that, a big thanks to our great sponsors at Princess Auto for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. At Princess Auto, you will find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Pop down and see in one of two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road or Portage Avenue West. And you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Well, with the spring is here, many projects are just about uh, going to get the green light to go ahead. Thinking about landscaping projects for your property? Well, the gang Consolidated Supply and our pal Joe can certainly help you out. They are the leaders in irriga- irrigation systems as well as artificial turf. And uh, the golf cart, le- golf cart leaders as well as the official club car dealer in Manitoba. In addition to what they can do for your property through irrigation, they've got other great options, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchen options, as well as small engine parts and repair. Pop by and see them at the showroom, which is open to the public down at 1395 Niaqua Road East, or find out more online at cte.ca. Well... We might not have another home game if the Jets can't get a win. Uh, if they are back in it on Saturday, you know the the passion and the belief will be back amongst Jet fans. You can always get your white and your best selection of Winnipeg Jets gear down at Royal Sports, Manitoba's number one sports superstore with the biggest and best selection of licensed team gear featuring the Jets, Bombers, NHL, NFL, and tons of new Jays and Major League Baseball gear just in time for the start of the season. And with spring here, stocks arriving daily with soccer, baseball, softball, tennis, and much more, and a huge selection of bikes. See it for yourself, 750 Pemina Highway, and give them a follow on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And BP is still your whiteout headquarters. We'll be packing your local Boston pizza for Thursday night's Game 5 to see whether the Winnipeg Jets can get this series back to Winnipeg and play Game 6 in front of the home fans. 
and that the new playoff menu driven by Fanalytics will be quite popular. The new dill pickle spears and uh, the triple play platter, including cactus cuts, cheesy bandera bread, and uh, the uh, Thai chicken bites, also very popular. Um, and hey, seven nights a week right now, we've got great playoff hockey. It's always a great night to gather with the gang. Down at Boston Pizza, your playoff headquarters. And if you are staying at home, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, let's get Mike McIntyre in here. Did we just lose Mike? No, he's there. We had Mike. I'm not seeing him. I thought he just popped out, popped in, and then uh, and then popped oh. out. Well, we'll... Yeah, we, now we lost him. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get Mike back in here. And uh, as we said, Mike was uh, was down at the uh, at the airport today as the uh, Winnipeg Jets are taken off. If you joined us a little bit later, here's a little bit of an update from uh, what is happening with the Winnipeg Jets. Nikolai Ehlers is going to skate tomorrow, and uh, Mark Scheifele is not ruled out for game five at this point. Um, but uh, I think we've got Mike with us. Let's uh, see what Mike's got to say after he's back from the airport. Mike, can you hear us okay? No, he can't hear us okay. Well, we'll see whether we can do a better job of getting the uh, connection up with Mike in just a minute. A um, couple of other interesting notes that we're going to want a little bit more uh, information on uh big save dave is on the trip but his injury status is tbd and very interestingly both arvid holm and oscary salmonen are flying to vegas so the jets are bringing four goalies to vegas which i'll be honest is really surprising because you know connor hellebuck's going to be starting the go- starting in goal and the manitoba moose have a playoff game on friday so we'll find out more from uh, the Moose side of things as well as Mike when uh, when he uh, gets on with us. But I can't remember a team bringing four goaltenders, Remo. And, and listen, we know how the Moose have been waiting for these playoff games to get going, finally starting at home against Milwaukee on Friday. Uh, it was a little strange to uh, to hear about the uh, all the goalies going on the trip. But I think we've reconnected with Mike, and he joins us now. Mike, uh, you hear us okay? What's going on? Hey, Huss, just like uh, so many of the Jets players, uh, my connection was a little broken. The Jets are broken right now. Uh, it was quite something to see the parade of players coming through the airport today. Uh, you got guys limping. You got guys, you know, with with shoulder injuries or wrist injuries or mysterious injuries. If you're Nikolai Ehlers, like you got Morgan Barron with a big scar on his face, like... Uh, they, they look like a team that's already been through, I don't know, three rounds of the playoffs. And they've only played four games. But uh, my goodness, have those, those four games ever taken a toll on the uh, on the health of the Winnipeg Jets? Uh, and, of course, now their season is on the line. But, uh, yeah, things are going good. Um, we'll, see, uh, we'll see what they can come up with here uh, with their backs very much against the wall. You know, you just brought up the injuries, and I mean, listen, you're a Winnipeg guy. You've been around here even before you were in sports. You were following sports very closely. I will admit, I had a major sense of deja vu walking out of that arena last night after another home playoff loss in front of an incredible crowd. And, I mean, my God, when that happened to Mark Shifley getting injured on a breakaway of all things in the first period, it uh, there was a real 
feeling of Murphy's Law around this team and this fan base a little bit last night. Will you grant me that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, whatever can go wrong seemingly has gone wrong. And uh, there's some insult to injury, I think, for part of this, too. You look at a guy like Ryan Hartman, who's, you know, scoring the overtime Don't winner. Don't even bring that guy's name up on this show. I, I, I am so triggered by this, although yeah. I'll be hate-watching that game tonight and probably putting a sizable wager on the Dallas Stars, just hoping that that done. I mean, you know, you've seen some of these other suspensions. Um. It is just such, it is so egregious that that was tagged the way that it was with one regular season game. And, you know, to see what that's done to the Winnipeg Jets and the loss of Nikolai Ehlers, which is now compounded by Morrissey and then Shifley last night. Um, yeah, the hockey gods have not been, uh, have not been smiling on the Winnipeg Jets. And, um, but as I said, Hartman shouldn't have even been playing. And that's right. a, that's a major bone to pick by a lot of people around here. You know, if you if you believe that the universe ultimately balances these things out, maybe it takes time. Uh, if you're the Jets, you hope that 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 payback starts coming your way uh, as as early as Thursday night, um, and not maybe a season down the road. You know, it's interesting. Connor Hellebuck talking to him at the airport today. He talked a lot about luck, and he feels he said that I don't think. Um, I, I I don't think they've uh, hit one post on me. But he said, you know, we've hit a bunch of posts and none bigger, Huss, than Pierre-Luc Dubois hitting the post in overtime on uh, on Saturday night, which, you know, could have swung that series. If, if that goes in, the Jets are up 2-1. And we already are talking about, you know, a guaranteed game six back on home ice. Um, so certainly, you know, you look at Vegas, like they're very healthy, right? They've come through these first four games. Uh, unscathed and the Jets are you know they, they've literally uh, left some blood and some sweat and I suspect some tears from fans anyways over the way uh, things have gone here over the last week life can move pretty quickly I guess if you if you're looking for some good news some sense of optimism Huss I'll, I'll say this Nikolai Ehlers remains day-to-day -day. he hasn't been ruled out for Thursday do I expect he's going to be in the lineup Thursday? At this point, Haas, I feel like if he could play, he already would have played. Um, I, I think he's dealing with something that there's obviously concern from the medical staff that if he were to play, uh, could quickly get exacerbated. But who knows? Maybe he gets that clearance by Thursday. Um, but Mark Shifley, who, quite frankly, when he didn't come back to that game, I thought he was done for the series. To see him at the airport today, um, he, he didn't look like there's anything impeding him. Like his arm's not in a sling. There was no cast. He was actually carrying his own bags over his shoulder, um, moving just fine. And to hear Rick Bonus say that they're hopeful that he could play Thursday night, uh, certainly there's some optimism there. So, you know... Uh, could that swing in Winnipeg's favor? Look, the Jets have already won one game in Vegas, game one. They played really good in the first period of game two. Um, and like Rick Bonus and others have said, you can't go win three games all at once. You really do have to take this game by game. And hey, if the Jets could go steal game five, then it swings back here to Winnipeg. And one could argue they're due for a home win. They haven't won a lot of home <laughs> And then if you could get it to a game seven, then it's then it's you know a coin flip, right? So hey, 
do you uh, do you have any theory on why this team has such a poor record at home? I mean, this atmosphere is right there with the best atmospheres in sports. I mean, we were all in the building the last couple nights. I mean, the fans absolutely brought the energy. That's what the playoffs is all about. They have not won a home game in front of fans since game one of the Western Conference Final in 2018, Mike. Um, it, it, it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, it's not like they're getting swept in these series and they're not getting wins on the road. Right. They just can't seem to do it in front of home. you have any theories on that? I just think maybe the pressure, um, you know, we, we saw like go back to how game three started and I thought the Jets came out and in a way they, they, the crowd hindered their performance and this isn't the fault of the crowd. The Jets, they tried to do too much, right? They, they took penalties. They, they, you know, came out almost reckless in the way they played and you know, I, I just think, you know, with a big, excited crowd like that comes some additional pressure. And so I think it's kind of self-inflicted. Maybe it gets in your head, right? Like, and it, and it works the other way when you're on the road. If you can go in and and get an early goal or do something to, to you know, stem the, the crowd and mute them, then I think it works in the visiting team's favor. And look, we've seen in the playoffs this year, Road teams seem to have its its road ice advantage this year. Uh, until Seattle won in in overtime last night, Huss, road teams had won eleven consecutive games dating back to Saturday, which has apparently never been done in NHL playoff history. So road teams are feasting, and the Jets seem to be you know they're in that group that is having a tough time in their own building. I don't know. I'm with you, Huss, and I know a lot of fans have said this. Maybe the Jets should be petitioning to wear their whites at home. It can't hurt at this stage. Wearing the blues only seems to result in the fans feeling pretty blue at the end of a lot of these games. So they can find a way to wear the the, the road whites amidst the whiteout. Hey, maybe their luck would turn. You know, Mike, if you look at this series and as uh, as daunting as that 3-1 deficit seems and and is in reality as they get on the plane to play game five in Vegas, you know, I can't help but look at this series and think that, you know, the margin of victory in all of these games has been so, so close. I mean, I thought sure. the Jets were clearly the better team in the first game. And frankly, if it was possible, they played even better in the first 20 minutes yep. in game number two. Now, credit to Vegas. They really did, I think, take a long look in the mirror, did something in that first intermission and came out and were the better team in the second and third and deserved that game. But all the little things that you need to maybe have happen to get yourself wins against a top-seeded team like Vegas. I mean, in game two, they're down a goal. They get a contribution from the fourth line with Stenland getting that one for Menelein, and it doesn't end up making the difference because we know what happened in the third period. Game number three, a legendary comeback, um, and then a double overtime game that can go one way or the other. It's a bad break that ends up yep. in the back of the net. They lose that one. And then even last night, you get, as I think Doug Phil mentioned in chat, I mean, the the hand of God goal, if you will, early in the third period that brought the team back in. I mean, they. the thing that's so frustrating is a lot of those things sometimes you need to go your way have happened, and yet the Winnipeg Jets have lost the last three games in the series. 
Right. And, and it doesn't help, of course, that they're missing, you know, what would certainly be uh, one of your top two lines if you put, if you were to put Shifley, Ehlers, Perfetti, um, and your all-star defenseman, right? Like the, the, as I wrote today, the try is certainly there. You can't, you can't question the effort of the Jets. And uh, last night was a classic example. I thought they played their tails off. You had a guy like Blake Wheeler who looked like he had turned the clock back, absolutely flying out there. And he wasn't alone. I mean, the effort was, was terrific. Unfortunately, the, the talent level has, has been severely diluted here. And so the execution is off. And it just seems like anytime Vegas gets a chance and look at, you know, their second and third goal last night, right? Like they're getting, they're getting bounces off skates and a, a tip by Barbashev on the third goal. We haven't seen the Jets score a whole lot of those kind of goals, those greasy ones, if you will. Certainly the second goal by Winnipeg, the Dubois goal, that, that was very greasy. Um, but Vegas just seems to be making the most of their chances where Winnipeg is not. And, you know, part of that is Vegas is just the deeper team right now. They've, they got healthy right before the playoffs started and and have stayed healthy. The Jets, unfortunately, are going the other way. And so what already was a pretty slim margin of error, I think has got even more slim for the Jets. Um, But you're right. There's a lot of things that you would say if you'd gone into this series, if you had said Adam Lowry would have, four goals through three games, you might be saying, so they won all three games, right? If they got four goals from Lowry, uh, not quite. Uh, And so, you know, they're just, um, they're not far off, that's for sure. But again, in playoffs, especially, it's usually a one or two goal margin. And right now the Jets are on the wrong side of it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, there's been the injuries that we've talked about. I mean, the fact that Shaif got, taken out on a breakaway last night. Yeah. I mean, I still, I mean, and, and that could have been a play that completely changed everything about that game. I mean, a beautiful pass by Wheeler yeah. early in the first period. I mean, they did end up getting that first goal, but by the time that goal went in, everyone in the building knew that Shifley was out. You're starting to see Wheeler run with Steny and Nemetsnikov. I mean, which really shows just how uh, undermanned the Winnipeg Jets were. And it seemed like, well, it was a great to get a start, but you knew it was going to be a white-knuckle ride the rest of the way. Um, you just wonder, and I mean, I guess there's so many what-ifs when we come to play a hockey. What if this happened? But, I mean, if Mark Schleifle is able to bury that, right? and it's one nothing, and he doesn't go into the boards and gets hurt, I mean, we're probably having a very different conversation today, at least about how the game went. But, I mean, to me, really... That entire game, uh, as you mentioned, I mean, absolutely uh, no question about the effort and the will of the team to try to continue out shift after shift. I mean, they worked hard. They just didn't get a lot done. And listen, if you're without Shifley and you're without Morrissey, you need your best players to step up. Blake Wheeler really did step up, but I I have to admit I was left um, wanting a bit more from the top line last night. And, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois, for as brilliant and powerful he can look at times, um, he's not the most consistent player, and I don't think he had one of his better games. And and I'm not sure whether this is something that, you know, is the style of player, the style of player, but when you get a team like the Vegas Golden Knights that does such a good job at keeping things to the perimeter, um, 
they didn't mind Kyle Connor having the puck. They just knew that his ass was going to be about two feet from the boards most of that time. Agreed. And, you know, so I thought Connor was, they needed more from Kyle Connor last night. No doubt about it. Uh, And Pierre-Luc Dubois. And you know what? They need Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like I talked about the Jets almost playing reckless at times in front of the home crowd that they get almost too wired. Pierre-Luc Dubois would be at the top of that list. Like he's taken three reckless penalties in the last two games, all on home ice. The, The two... Okay, I won't say that first penalty on on Saturday was reckless. In fact, it might have actually been a good penalty uh, because Mark Stone might have scored with a couple seconds left in regulation if if Dubois doesn't haul him down. But the penalty he took in double overtime and then the sort of knee-on-knee or leg-on-leg last night on Eichel, like, you can't be doing that. And, you know, Dubois does so many good things for the team when he's on, including drawing penalties, but unfortunately, we've seen Dubois a li- go a little too far the other way in this series. And again, when you're missing some key guys, fair or not, the onus now, the burden gets even bigger on, on your remaining stars. And, you know, on a night like last night, take the Howden empty netter away. It was a one-goal game. If the Jets could have got something, you know, out of a Connor or a Dubois... Um, it, it may have been a very different outcome. And unfortunately, both those guys, I thought, you know, had pretty quiet nights um, on, on, a, on a night that the team needed more. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, the other thing that hasn't happened is Connor Hellebuck hasn't stolen a game. And no. we were just talking with Trevor Kidd. I mean, I, listen, I don't think he's played poorly by any stretch of the imagination. But when you're trying to upset a top-seeded team, sometimes you need more. And, I mean, there's no one that can be more of a difference maker than Hellebuck. Um and it hasn't gone that way. Um, you spoke to him today. Well, maybe just thoughts on his series so far and then what Connor had to say before the team left to Vegas. Yeah, I, I agree, Huss. I mean, you not, you can't pin any of the three <clears throat> losses on him uh, at all. Um, but, you know, the Jets are the eight seed. Vegas is the one seed. The Jets are banged up. Vegas is healthy. Uh, this is a series that cries out for your Vesna trophy winning goalie to steal you a game or two. And as you say, that has not happened. Uh, now, again, if you're a glass half full looking for positive kind of person, maybe it happens Thursday. Uh, that would be a great time for Connor Hellebuck to come up with a Hellebuckian type performance. Granted, you'd like to think the Jets won't throw him to the Wolves the way they often do in games that he's stolen for them. Um, But I think coming into this series, we looked at the goalie matchup, you know, Hellebuck versus Brassois and all the hype. Lorne Brassois has more than held his own. And again, it's it's not just a goalie versus goalie here. There's there's entire teams in front of both players. But Lorne Brassois has made some really big saves at big times. And so, you know, I'd say it's kind of a saw-off right now in the goalie department, which is a bit surprising. So, you know, Hellebuck, Hellebuck today, Haas, was classic Connor Hellebuck. Um, he was kind of talking about his team, you know, and himself feeling like they're kind of down on their luck right now. Um, the the way some goals have gone in uh, uh, and and he feels that the Jets haven't got rewarded with sort of 
similar luck that uh, that Vegas has got, but he thinks it could turn. Um, you know, he says he's talking about adversity and character, uh, that he believes in this group, that they have the ability to do something special, something great. Uh, he actually kind of got upset. Uh, a question was put to him about these statistics and how few teams over history have erased 3-1 deficits. Uh, and he bristled at that question, said, I don't want to talk about that at all. Um, not surprising that he reacted that way. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when you have Connor Hellebuck, you always have a chance. The, and, and so I'd say the Jets, as down as they maybe are, they aren't out of it. And a big part of that is because they still have Connor Hellebuck. And you might say that he's due to steal a game or two. Don't let him get hot, Mike. Don't let him get hot. Wouldn't that be uh, wouldn't that be something? Hey, it's all about one game. Uh speaking of the one game and goaltending, there's four goalies on the trip. What is up with that? And I mean, the first thing I thought that Holm and Salmonen, where does that leave the moose for their game one of the Calder Cup playoffs on Friday? I believe Evan Cormier uh his kiss is in line to start uh to start game one there on Friday. Um it's possible. I mean, the Jets win or lose, the Jets will be flying home on uh, Friday morning. I believe they'll touch down early Friday afternoon. So it's possible, Huss, regardless whether they win or lose, they could reassign Salmon in our home or both guys maybe um, for the purpose of the game. So I wouldn't totally rule those guys out uh, for that night. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I saw David Riddick at the airport today. He does have an injury that prevented him from dressing yesterday. Um, and Rick Bonus didn't totally sound optimistic that he'd be ready to dress as the backup for Thursday. So the reason they have both Moose goalies on their roster right now is all teams are carrying basically a professional e-bug right now. Um, so Arvid Holm was already up here as the, the third goalie slash e-bug, but with Riddick kind of being considered out of commission right now, even though he's with the team. Um, now he's the backup and Salmonen's the e-bug in case you were to run into a nightmare situation where both your starter and your backup were to get hurt in a game. For games of this magnitude, every team is allowed to carry that extra goalie on their roster. So, yeah, it's a it's it's a crowded crease for sure. Uh, Wade Flaherty is going to have a very busy time at practice tomorrow in Vegas. Um, you know, with uh, with four goaltenders, potentially, if Riddick is on the ice. Uh, but, you know, again, we talk about injuries, right? Even the backup goaltender who hasn't seen a second of action <laughs> has gotten banged up in this series, presumably just from something that happened at a morning skate or a practice. That's the kind of way, that's sort of the way it's gone for the Jets here. Mike, I know you got to run just uh, before, uh, what'd you get out of Bones uh, before uh, wheels up to uh, Sin City? Well, how about this quote uh, from Rick Bonus uh, today? Um, he was asked, "Where, where's the confidence? What makes you so confident you could go into Vegas and win a game? And he says, um, we have to be confident, and we will be. We're going to have a swagger to us that says, if we go out, it's going to be one tough fight. So wel- welcome to uh, – my dogs are uh, having a – a bark for us here. Apologies for that. Uh, welcome to Swaggerville, Huss. 
uh, where Rick Bonus certainly sounded in a way like the coach that's up 3-1, not down 3-1. So he says the Jets, the, the shorthanded, injury-riddled Jets, are going into Vegas with some swagger. Basically saying, you know, if we go down, it's going to be on our terms and with a fight. And hey, that's what you want to hear from your coach, right? The last thing you want, if you're a player, if you're a fan, you don't want the coach hanging his head, woe is us, you know, because then the team probably plays that way. So Rick Bonus put on a very brave public face today. We'll see if his team uh, can respond in kind with the way they play 48 hours or so from now. Good stuff, Mike. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, appreciate all of your uh, contributions and, of course, the coverage in the Winnipeg Free Press. And fingers crossed we'll still have a series next week to be talking about, but uh, it's a long way back. It starts tomorrow. Find a way in Las Vegas to get this series back to Winnipeg for a Game 6 on Saturday. Have a good one, dude. You bet. Uh, have a great week and uh, stay healthy. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> Mike McIntyre with us uh, from the Winnipeg Free Press. Um, hey, folks, uh, if you need to drown the sorrows after last night, why don't you head down to Little Brown Jug? They got a heck of a new beer, the Generic Lodger, which just launched. We had a great time sampling it at the uh, Sports Trivia Night a few weeks ago back at Little Brown Jug. Generic is your basic lager just better. Impressively standard in the best way. Light and clean to taste with a mellow flavor and crisp finish. Now Manitoba can support local without having to move away from the domestic taste they've come to expect with the light beer. Available in eight packs or by the can through the tap room on William Avenue or through beer vendors and eight packs here in liquor marts and uh, will be available by a single can starting in June. Well, I-, I hope the Jets can put off golf season for a little bit, but it can't come soon enough for those of us that have been waiting for the snow to melt, the grass to grow and uh, get back out on the track. Uh, Breezy Bend, of course, our great golfing partners here at Winnipeg Sports Talk is one of Manitoba's top private clubs with a championship course, top-notch practice facilities, and the best 19th hole around on their beautiful course side patio with great men's, ladies, and junior programs. Breezy's the perfect long-term golfing home for you and your family. Find out more at breezybend.ca or give our pal Corey Johnson a call for more information about becoming a member. And a big shout-out to Pitt, Pat, and the gang, Julie, down at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge as they're getting ready to head back up to paradise for another summer. Well, I can't wait to get out there. Usually my favorite three or four days of the year. If you are looking for an incredible friends and family trip or an amazing way to reward top customers, organize a very unique team building experience for corporate event, Aikens Lake is the spot to do it. Find out more online at AikensLake.com. There are still availabilities this summer, but they're pushing 90% um, full so get on that now, and if you are a young person, maybe a university student looking for an incredible summer job, Pitt still looking to complete the Aikens team, looking for a couple more guides and servers, you can send an email and your resume in to pitt at aikenslake.com. All right, let's... Uh, we will do the cool bet lines, and Remo and I will talk a little bit more about the other games in and around the Stanley Cup playoffs, both last night and tonight as well as the big ice win setting up the uh, conference for the third round coming up um, on Friday. But um, here's a little bit more from uh, Bones. As Mike just mentioned, he was at the airport to talk to Rick Bonus, and uh, Bones began his brief media availability before getting on the plane with an injury update. 
Well, you know, Mo's out. I just talked to Mark down. I had sent him a text earlier this morning. He is feeling better than he did last night. So, so he is definitely on the day-to-day, and uh, we put him in the uh, let's put him in the hopeful category for Thursday. Nick will skate with the team tomorrow, and we'll see where he is. All right, so Nick's gonna skate tomorrow. See where he is. He's still day to day, and now uh, add Shifley to the day to day. But I guess that's better than what I think a lot of people assumed. He probably was going to be out for a little bit. Not ruled out for tomorrow. Um, as we talked about with Mike, uh, four goalies on the trip, which is very unusual. Mike sort of explained what the situation was, but here's how Bones described uh, bringing four tenders down to Vegas. And I see David is uh, is accompanying you guys as well, so he's feeling better. Uh, we'll find out tomorrow okay. if he's able to put a skating on. He's got a lower body thing going on. We'll see. We won't have an answer to that till tomorrow. You're bringing Holm and Solomon yes. in with uh, you guys here. Okay. Yeah, you just never know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you just never know from Bones. <laughs> with the smile on his face, putting on a brave face right now. Um, I think we all know. It's 37 or bust for the Winnipeg Jets, so we can talk about backups all we want and who's going on the trip. Connor Hellebuck's going to be the guy that um, will make break game five for the Winnipeg Jets will be the guy getting to start and nod. Um, Rick Bonus was also asked about, you know, the message to the team um, getting on the plane, knowing that um, their backs are against the wall facing elimination. We're not going to go into that game hoping to win and sit back and hope things go our way. That's not how we play. Uh, if we're going to go out, we're going we're to be one tough out. We're going out there game Thursday night to play very aggressive like we can. Uh, they're an excellent hockey club. That's why they finished first in the conference, and we know that. Um, but we're going to go after. We're going to. We played a very aggressive game there in game one. Uh, when we've played well against them, we've been aggressive. When we put ourselves in trouble, we got a little bit uh, on our heels a bit. So we're going to try to avoid playing on our heels and play as aggressive as we can, as intelligently as we can. All right. So a uh, little bit more from Rick Bonus, and one more from Bones, and this is uh, you know a similar statement to what he had to say after the game that you know he feels like his team is right in this um you know with very similar opportunities and chances it's just that vegas has done a little bit better on capitalizing on them they're capitalizing on we're not giving them a ton of chances but they're they're capitalizing on theirs uh, the chances are pretty much even, maybe a little bit in their favor, but nothing significant. Uh, we just have to figure out a way to capitalize on our chances. If you look at their two goals, or second and third goal, one off a skate, one off a tip, those are the goals we need to find a way to score. You're not going to score a lot of pretty goals against them like they don't against us. And uh, so it's a finding a way to get greasy goals and and keep doing yeah doing what we can do. And but but put pucks down by the net, make plays uh, and, and when they're certainly there, but find a way to get some of those ugly goals they got last night. Yeah, time to uh, release the grease for the Winnipeg Jets getting to Vegas and uh, somehow finding a way to get this series back to Winnipeg. I, I'm always, I've always got time for a couple quotes from Connor Hellebach. As Mike mentioned, Helly did speak today before getting on the plane to Vegas. Here's, uh, here's Hellebuck on uh, the injuries his team has suffered uh, and the challenge of uh, getting back to Sin City for Game 5. Yeah, um, we haven't had great luck so far. So um, we've been playing pretty good, though. 
despite all our adversity. So um, I think now we just got to make sure our heads are right and, you know, we're in for the grind and we're not out yet. And, I mean, pretty sure that LA Kings were in a very similar scenario as us. So just hope. And does it help knowing you guys have already won a game in their building, game one, and not that long ago, in fact? Yeah, at this point, you just take it one game at a time. We just need one. We don't need three. We need one. And we'll go from there. Uh, I like our team. I, I like the way we've been playing. You know, a bounce here, a bounce there, and things are going to go well. All right, the always positive. Connor Hellebuck speaking to the assembled media before getting on the plane to Las Vegas. One more clip from Helly, who um, talked about the defensemen stepping up and playing the way they did without Josh Morrissey in the lineup. Yeah, they've been they've been great. Um, they've been blocking shots and playing, paying the price, and you know they've been connected. And I think that's what really what you look for, especially this time of year. Anyone that can go in and out of the lineup and and not miss a beat that's that's huge. That, that says a lot of the, how hard those guys work. When you analyze the goals that have been scored, or I don't know how much analyzing you even do on it, has there been a common theme to them, or you know, has it been uh, pretty much everyone's unique in itself? Well, I've been getting pretty unlucky, I'll tell you that. Um, some tips, some good tips, some just random tips, um, some bounces off our own guys, some you know, some screens, some just random bounces off me. So. Uh, I don't think I've gotten a post hit against me yet, so that would be nice to get. Um, kind of looking at the other end, I, I believe we've hit about I don't know, 8 to 10 posts. So uh, you got to imagine this is going to switch, and when it does, things are going to go really well for me. All right, so there's uh, there's some vintage Hallie before uh, getting on the plane to Vegas. He's going to be, <clears throat> to me, the central figure ream in this game uh, on, on Thursday night. Um, you know, we'll see whether Mark Shifley can go. Would be phenomenal if all of a sudden we could see Nikola uh, Ehlers get a chance to play in this playoff series. But as we've said before, even before the series started, you know, Hellebuck was going to need to be the real difference in a game or two. Not sure that that's happened so far. No better time than the present to do exactly that. And you know, I was talking with some dudes after the game, and. You know, I likened this series and just sort of the feeling of, you know, losing those two home games and being down 3-1, heading on the road to that final Jets 1.0 series uh, against the Detroit Red Wings in 1996. And if you recall, everyone had left the Jets for dead when they went to play the top-seeded Wings on the road in Game 5. And that was the game that uh, Nikolai Habibulin stood on his head with 51 saves to uh, stay the execution for a couple days and get the series back to Winnipeg for a game six, which they unfortunately lost. Uh, a game saving, hopefully it won't take 51 saves, but that sort of a goaltending performance um, would certainly be a welcome addition to um, the Winnipeg Jets storyline for this series. Rakano thought, sorry, coming into the series, we thought there would be the Connor Hellebuck game where he you know, stole a series and you look at his playoff numbers compared to his regular season numbers and it's not close regular season 920 save percentage in this series 895 um regular season 2.49 goals against in this series 3.21 so um i don't think you know he's been horrible or lost them but he just hasn't been at the level that we had seen leading up and i know there's a conversation in our chat and i saw ken talking about yesterday if he's been overworked from the end of the season i mean they had a week off 
before the playoffs. They had a lot of days off, so I'm not sure if I buy that, but when you see plays like, you know, the the Jack Eichel goal in game three where he slides across and doesn't get enough of the puck, you know, he gets there but doesn't get enough of the puck. It's just stuff like that you don't normally see from him. And again, I'm not a goalie expert by any means, but I think we can all agree we're not seeing, you know, he, at times yesterday he looked excellent in that second period, but eventually a couple got by and it was too many for the Jets to overcome. Yeah, I'm not buying that one personally. I think Hellebuck's a workhorse. I think he's able to handle the load. And um, listen, this is this is hockey against a good team. And, you know, a couple of got him got by him. I mean, not really bad goals by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, ones that sometimes you need your guy to step up and make when, you know, the odds are stacked the way they are against this club with everything that's happened around it and during the series with the injuries that have happened. So, uh all systems go for Game 5 on Thursday. We'll have, certainly have more on Game 5 and the latest on Jets practice tomorrow and the status of Nikolai Ehlers and Mark Shifley to potentially play in an elimination situation coming up on Thursday night. You know, an interesting comment in the chat from our guy T. Konopoli. Uh, on a bright note, have to like Sandberg's response last night. And... You know, he, Logan Stanley, what, played like eight minutes or so. Dylan Sandberg, or Logan Stanley played nine minutes. Logan, uh, Dylan Sandberg played 13. But I have to agree with T. Konopoly. I mean, if there was any question about how Dylan Sandberg would respond to, um, you know, the very unfortunate way game three ended, uh, I thought he answered any questions about that early in the first period. And when he was out there for those 13 minutes, I thought he really acquitted himself well, as he's done for the entire postseason. I'll agree. Yeah, I agree with you. There wasn't given a ton of time, but he thought he showed well in them. And it's funny, you know, just again, seeing talk in the chat, uh, Connor Hellbuck's not a playoff goalie. I'm looking at hockey references, playoff numbers uh, in his career, not including coming into this year. So it doesn't have this year's numbers 2.54 goals against and 918 save percentage. So basically his numbers uh, from this season. So um, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to make of uh, his performance. You know, maybe Vegas figured something out, but, um, you know, maybe we could well, be I seeing... Mean, I don't think that he's bad at all. I mean, heck, we talked to a guy that knows a lot more about goaltending, yeah. I think, than anyone in the chat or the two of us and Trevor Kidd earlier on this program. And, you know, he said he thinks, well, he's played, <clears throat> to quote him, above average. Um, unfortunately, above average just hasn't been enough right now at this point with everything else that's happened. But... He'll have another chance to show that he's one of the best in the world tomorrow night uh, and help this series, help his team get this series back to Winnipeg with a game in front of another White Oak crowd that certainly deserves a better fate than they've had for the last, what, seven straight games at home uh, with a win, and wouldn't that be something? Um, let's check out what's happening tonight on the cool bet lines and uh, only three games tonight, Reem. I guess this Boston Florida game is actually the next day. So we've got the Islanders and hurricanes, the Islanders facing elimination canes looking to uh, send the Islanders to the golf course tonight. Canes minus minus one fifty nine faves Islanders plus one thirty five. The wild and the stars going at it in Dallas after Dallas had that big win in Minnesota to tie the series at two, Minnesota plus 120 underdog, Dallas minus 141, and then the late game, 
the LA Kings and the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton feeling pretty good uh, by uh, avoiding the 3-1 deficit with that big comeback win in game number four in overtime, courtesy of Zach Hyman. Oilers a big favorite, minus 221. Kings plus 185. I, I, I don't... I think it's maybe overvaluing just how great the Oilers are led by that top-end talent. But I'll say this, Reem, this series has been so close, and it could easily be 3-1 Kings. This team is not getting a lot of respect, at least on the lines, when you look at uh, how those are shaping up for tonight. Yes, I would agree. I thought this was a tough series for Edmonton coming in. You look at the series, three of the games have gone to overtime. So you would think that these teams are neck and neck, and if you do want to throw a wager down, it does look like... Uh, the Kings, maybe some value on the road dog. Road, you know, it's not just the Jets that can't win at home. Uh, road team is winning a lot in this year's playoffs. So Yeah, well, Jersey getting it done last mm-hmm. night. The road teams won all four of those games so far, and that series is 2-2. And speaking of road teams, and I know this is going to drive some people nuts, but I, like, I left, it went into the, into the building when it was 4-1 Tampa in the third period. I could not believe when they flashed on the screen that that Toronto-Tampa game was going to overtime. And uh, you know what? Love them or hate them. Good for the Leafs. Um, that is, those are two incredible comeback wins in Tampa against an, incre- an amazing team with as good of a playoff resume as any in the National Hockey League. And uh, the Leafs are up 3-1. I'm sure they can taste it. But this could also set up an incredible comeback by Tampa, which would um, just be another uh, chapter in the playoff misery of the Buds. Um, that rink will be rocking, though, uh, for game number five after uh, three straight wins in this series after that miserable start on home ice. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. The Leafs tweets last night during when they were down 4-1, oh, this Leafs team, they are what we thought they were. Why did I believe in them and there they were coming back. I thought the game was done because I looked it was looking at um the other game that was going on and that game was final. So I assume the Leafs game was final too. I don't know why. I guess I was just occupied at being at uh, the Jets game and then someone texted me that they had tied tied it up and I was blown away. So um good for them winning five four overtime leading the series three one and on the verge of a Leafs series win. It feels even weird to say that, but they have been up three one before, so I don't think Leafs fans are celebrating quite yet. Oh no, it is far. <laughs> it is far from over, and uh, don't count the Tampa Bay Lightning out anytime soon. Quick look at the NBA tonight: three games: Atlanta at Boston, the T Wolves at the Nuggets, and the Clippers at the Suns. The home teams: Boston, Denver, and Phoenix, all able to move on with the win tonight. But Reem, I guess the uh, you know we'll finish it off the show today on a positive note. I mentioned this right off the hop, but uh, the ice, what a win. We knew this series against Moose Jaw was going to be really, really tough. I mean, they were 3-3 three and three against them in the regular season. They were down 2-1 to one after, you know, uh, losing a game at home in the first two. They won that game in overtime to make it 2-2 and uh, finished the job by routing Moose Jaw last night on the road 8-2 in game number six. And, uh, the ice move on to round number three as we maybe get closer to that dream WHL final of the ice and the Seattle Thunderbirds with uh, Jet first rounder Brad Lambert. Yeah, Brad Lambert. I just keep seeing on Twitter how much he's uh, tearing it up, and we've been kind of counting down to this ice Thunderbird series and how great would it be if we got that. And the ice, you know, trying to get redemption after bowing out early 
uh, early last year. So that's a series, you know, we got the Jets playoffs are going on, ice in the middle of it, and Moose, as you said, start on Friday. Yeah, and we'll have more on the moose as well. Um, you know, we'll have to hook up with Munzee over the next couple days uh, for the latest on the ice heading into Friday, and uh, we'll get the fink on as well. Um, it's been weird for the moose. I mean, they've had about a week and a half off since the end of their regular season as that first kind of preliminary round happened, but it finally gets going on Friday. Friday and Sunday are the two games here, and we will join us tomorrow. And Thursday, we'll uh, have some tickets to give away on Winnipeg Sports Talk to get people out to the rink at Canada Life Centre to see the moose. Uh, the big question is, will it be an extra busy weekend with moose games on Friday and Sunday, sandwiching a Jets home game six? Well, we'll find out Thursday night if the Winnipeg Jets can beat the Vegas Golden Knights and stay alive in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, uh, shout out to everyone that was with us today. Great to have you all with us. Hit that like button, the thumbs up on your way out. And if you haven't already, hit that red subscribe button. We will be back tomorrow with the latest on the Jets coming out of practice in Las Vegas. Nikolai Ehlers' status, Mark Shifley's status. Hopefully get some clarity on it, um, as well as the rest of the action around the Stanley Cup playoffs. And a look ahead to playoff action for the Winnipeg Ice and the Manitoba Moose. A big thanks to Trevor Kidd for joining us today. And of course, Mike McIntyre and all of you for hanging around with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Tell a friend about WST if you can. Keep the faith, everybody. We got a couple days to get over this one and uh, get ready for Game 5 Thursday night in Vegas. We'll break it down and talk all about it tomorrow, 1 p.m. Central, live on YouTube and in your podcast feed a little later on. Search Winnipeg Sports Talk wherever you get your favorite pods if you haven't subscribed to the audio version. From Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow on WST. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, oh, shut it down. Oh Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.